And I'm Rachel. And this is our podcast, Quarter Life Crisis. This is episode three, and this week we are going to be answering the question and the crisis. Do I have enough money? Cool. So we'll go into our crisis of the week. I'll kick off because I struggled to really think of anything this week. But I suppose my main dilemma has been that my piercings are really sore. I got like my seconds. I'm just touching now. Obviously, you can't say that. I got my seconds on my lobes pierced in June and they still hurt a lot and they still sting and they itch and I'm concerned. But I'm like, don't want to go to the doctor because they already (laughs) got infected like a month ago. Yeah. So... That's my crisis. I'm not doing anything about it. I'm just kind of <laughs> complaining. <laughs> I mean, isn't that the thing with so many of our crises? You just you just complain about it. You don't do anything, and that's life. Yeah, yeah, just passive annoyance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but if anyone listening is a doctor, please let me know <laughs> if this is something I should be more concerned Shout about. Shout out to our med friends. You know who you are. <laughs> yeah, medical students, please help me out. <laughs> All right, what about you? Um, okay, so my crisis of the week, um, uh, so a friend was saying this to me yesterday, that we have been out of high school for almost lo- almost as long as we were in high school, which I was like, holy fuck, that's just, that's just terrifying. I was like, high school was so long ago now, um, and that was, that just made me have a crisis, and I was oh, like, oh god. That's funny, yeah, because high school's what, six, seven years, and we're six, six years, seven yeah. years out. I know. That's so I good. Like, I'm glad about that. I know, but it just like, like, I feel like I like really base like my timeline off of like, you know, like, when I'm trying to like think of when something happened in my head, I'm like, okay, I graduated like high school in this year, and then I'm like, oh, I started uni in this year, and blah, 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 and then just being like, oh my god, that was so long ago now that we graduated high school. It's not like, a ba- like it's like, I don't like really miss it or anything, it's just, I just can't believe like we're so old. <laughs> well, it's only going to get worse. I know, oh god, anyway, so that was my crisis. My other crisis, which is more related to the topic of the week, money, uh, is that this morning I got robbed because my friend and I went to go get a coffee, and we decided, we're like, oh, let's just get a snack, we'll just get a croissant each, whatever. You know, croissant, normally like five, six bucks, right? Nope. We get them to go pay $13.50 each for a plain croissant. Was that plus the coffee? No. Oh. So it's like $40 in total for two coffees and two croissants. Oh like, my God. If I would just spend $20, I would have gone out for like brunch. A croissant being $13.50 and they added a 10% weekend surcharge. I was like, oh my God. So just a plain croissant with nothing on yeah. it. Yeah. Was it even good? It was good, but then it left a bitter taste in my mouth because it was so expensive. I was like, that's inflation for you right there. Oh, so that that's made me so mad. I was like, this was a lovely morning, except I just feel so ripped off. I was like, I just wanted a little snack because I hadn't, I hadn't had a slice of toast for breakfast and I was a little bit hungry. Oh. And that's, I was like, I should have just gotten like eggs on toast or something would have been cheaper <laughs> than that. I was like, fucking hell. Anyway, so I made me really pissed off and then it was just like, been like oh my god inflation man just getting real getting to the croissants but i'm never gonna eat there again that's so expensive i feel like a croissant should not be over like eight dollars for a plain croissant i would say four dollars for a plain croissant if i was buying it from a bakery i would be like four or five dollars i understand like at a cafe maybe a little bit more but i was like 13 dollars 50 that's fucked right did you go to one of those hipster cafes was that it was quite hipster yeah but we yeah, need to, to avoid the, them we normally go just go there to get coffee and then like oh anyway so just ranting about this anyway just 
so expensive. <laughs> no, I don't go to cafes where the staff have tattoos because then you're going to be paying $15.50 <laughs> for a single croissant. Because I just didn't even look on the menu at how much it was. I didn't even think they were on the menu. They were just like in the bakery section or whatever. Anyway, so my crisis of the week is that I now have no money left because I spent it all on a croissant. <laughs> you're going to have to There's my weekly paycheck. Yeah, honestly. Anyway. So, yeah, that's my crisis of the week. Depressing. <laughs> honestly. All right, so we'll get into the topic of the week now, which is, do I have enough money? So I guess something for people like in their mid-20s who potentially have like started working recently or in the last couple of years, um, like really getting into like potentially like saving money for the first time in their lives, um, like in a serious way. Not a serious way, that sounds silly, but like as in you're like making probably the most money you've ever made in your life. Um, so yeah, like stressing about like, oh my God, do I have enough money for my age? Stuff like that. Um, so yeah, we we're just like chatting about that, um, and we've got some we've got some stats for you about like what we we did some research. Um, well, Rachel did some research. <laughs> yeah, some desktop <laughs> research. Words to you, um, about like yeah, stats on like um, average like savings and stuff people our age. Yeah, because I've always wondered like money's one of those things where it's not as overt as other things that you can compare yourself about. Like you can easily see who's got more Instagram followers than you, or who's got a more senior job than you you can easily find that online but you don't really know how much money someone has and because yeah. i'm nosy as fuck i always want to know how much money people have i also feel like yeah it's not really i feel like it's a little bit of a taboo subject like it is. you don't just go asking your friends like oh, how, how much savings do you have like i feel like we're also not going to talk about on this podcast i don't think i don't really want to like say about how much how much savings i have on this podcast i don't know if you want to but <laughs> i don't have much <laughs> yeah i just like it is it is a weird bit like taboo thing like i'm all for like being transparent about like salary like i'm yeah. so happy to tell people how much salary i earn but i just feel like telling people about your savings is a bit weird i feel like mm. is it a tall poppy syndrome thing in like australia like for people to be like oh, i don't want to like say how much i've got because like maybe i'll have more than my friends or maybe i'll have less than my friends and then feel shit and like is that it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it's like comparison or well, money's hard to say because if someone lives at home, they're going to have more money yeah. ideally than people like us who've lived out of home for a very long time. Yeah. But anyway, I'll get into the stats. So you know, we we love numbers, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So average savings. I can't remember where I found this from. Maybe like the AMP website. Average savings like in a savings account separate to everything else three thousand dollars for 20 to 30 year olds mm, okay i feel like that makes me feel a bit better about what i have in yeah. my account what about you i mean i i'm i'm kind of surprised by that i feel like having an approximate number for a 10 year age range is quite surprising for me but i guess it does make sense because everyone's like at different stages because like obviously if you study until later in life you're not going to have as much savings but then also at the same time like if you start working from just like a young age and you don't even go to uni you're gonna have like way more money than someone else your age after like you worked and they've gone to uni so i don't know i don't know how i i yeah i don't know how i feel like i just am surprised by that number i don't know in what way but i, I don't know how much i expected people to have in savings but yeah mm. yeah and some people you know will save and save and save and then go travel and come back with nothing yeah so, yeah, it's so depending on circumstance. That one feels kind of vague, but, yeah, I've got some other stats as well. So average super, this is interesting. So for age bracket 20 to 24, the average super balance is 7,000 for women 
and 8,000 for men. So that's 2024 kind of like uni grad age. And it's about the same. God, isn't that sad that it's or there's already a gap between the ages of 20 and 24? Just you wait. Oh, God. <laughs> so age 25 to 30, the average super is 20,000 for women and 25,000 for men. And as I was looking through these stats, it just gets, it grows exponentially, especially like for women childbearing years, like 30 to 40 like the gap is just massive between women and men. I didn't include that because it's not, you know, called life, but no, yeah. but that makes me so angry that even like by, by the time we turn 25, like there's that massive gap between like men and women. That makes me so mad. Mm, yeah, it is depressing. Yeah, so, you know, super something. Because, you know, money, you have, like, you have your cash assets, you have super, you have investments, you might have property. Mm. I think those are kind of the four classes. I might have been missing one. But, yeah, so I looked into home ownership as well. So, and this also made me feel a bit better about myself. So, apparently, for home ownership in Australia, only 10% of people aged 15 to 24 own property. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I don't know why these 15-year-olds out there (laughs) on a Saturday morning putting their hand up for a house. (laughs) Um, And then that jumps to 40% of people aged 25 to 35. But then that's kind of dumb because I feel like everyone I know who is 30 is obsessed with housing and buying houses. Really? Yeah. Well, like co-workers and stuff. I was about to say, I feel like I don't really know any 30-year-olds. <laughs> Weirdly. <laughs> um, damn. Okay, interesting. 40%. Like, it's like the, the state of the housing market, honestly. And, like, honestly, I reckon, like, a big percent of that 25 to 35-year-old market would be getting, like, financial help from their parents or someone else, I reckon. Absolutely. There's no way. Like, it's so hard in this day and age to, like, afford a house deposit, like... That's the other thing you don't know about if you're worrying if you have enough money compared to your friends. Like, you don't know what help people are getting. Yeah, exactly. You don't know whose parents are sending them money or maybe they have grandparents. I mean, a lot of people have, like, quite wealthy grandparents who supported yeah. their families. And a lot of people don't talk about that stuff. I mean, I, I tried to be open when I was at uni. My parents paid for my rent. Yeah. And I was always very open about that. And that was a really privileged um position that i was in to have that yeah but yeah you don't know everyone's circumstances yeah definitely yeah which is what i tell myself when i feel like now i'm financially independent i'm like oh how do i compare to everyone else <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah honestly yeah it's kind of funny i feel like i um i actually don't i don't really think that i i've never really thought about the fact like i don't really compare myself with other people to be like oh, i wonder if i had more money than them. i actually never really thought about it like that but then i found other people in my life not, like, say that, like, not comparing to other people, but I had a friend tell me that she, like, because I was t- talking to her, we were talking about quarter-life crises, because I was, like, telling her that how it's having one, and she was, like, then we were just discussing that, and she was, like, oh, yeah, I actually Googled, like, how much money you're supposed to have saved by the time you were 25, and according to her research, it was $10,000, which I was, like, oh, my God, that, obviously, uh. according to these stats, it's 30000 so, I don't know, obviously, 3000 Sorry, three thousand, not thirty thousand. <laughs> Fuck no, sorry, um, three thousand. So I was like, it's interesting. Like, I don't know, there must be all sorts of different stats. But I feel like it's one of those things, like that. It's like it's like googling, like, um, like, am I funny or something? You know, it's like really. Like, that's just how I kind of think. Well, I example. never do that. I'm hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never googled that in my life. <laughs> um, no, like I think it's like one of those like weird things where it's like it's objective. You know, like googling like how much saving should i have mm-hmm. at us by a certain age is so i feel like that's so weird because it's like well if you only work for six months you're not gonna have as much money as someone who's been working for three years right like 
most likely. So I just think it is a really weird thing to have like stats around because I feel like that does put pressure on people who are like, oh my god, but I don't have three thousand dollars saved and I've been working for three whole months, like a, a full time job. And it's like, yeah, that's that's fine. That's so normal. So I feel like. I don't know. It is a bit weird. And also, speaking, I, it's interesting you brought the stats about super because I never think about super being part of my savings ever. Well, it's not part of your savings. It's part of your wealth. But it is your money. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't yeah, think about Yeah, it is. And because it's invested, it compounds over time. Yeah, true. I just like hadn't even thought about that as part of like a, do I have enough money? I have not checked my super and how much I have in it in a while. You probably should. I know. I don't think it's that much though. Fucking hell. <laughs> really? I have no idea. I just, oh. I really, I, I should check. <laughs> Because I didn't check my super um, for like, I don't, I don't think it ever checked my super. And then it turns out the pub I'd worked at for three years hadn't paid me super the entire time. Oh my God, that's illegal. No, but they've been paying it to like some other random account. I was like, well, well yeah, that's a lucky. big thing. They've stopped. I mean, because of the, after the financial Royal commission a few years ago, you need to have one super account. Because there was a lot of these super funds were kind of taking people for a ride. Mm. So say if you had six different super funds you were paying fees on six different yeah. accounts compared to if you had in the one, you're only paying fees in the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you should look into that if you've got multiple supers because you, like, need to combine them. Or maybe yeah. the ATO can help you do that or something. Yeah, yeah, No, no, so, like, that's all sort of now. My boss just, like, paid it back. But, um, but yeah, I really should check my super more often so that doesn't happen probably. <laughs> <laughs> probably should do that. Um, or maybe don't look at it at the moment because the stock market's really low. True. So, but I should like check like yeah. what like the vague idea of how much I have is because I just have no clue. And then I should compare it to all the men around me at my agency if they have more, and then I can get mad at them for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have more than that in super, but I was earning super for some reason when I was under eighteen. I don't know I why. That's right, isn't it? Really, I, I wasn't paying tax. I think if you're working, then you just get super. If yeah. you make her a certain amount per week, you should be Yeah, I was part-time, like, working at the, yeah. I- the local IGA. I think that's yeah, I think I would have got super. So I've had super for ages, so it's kind of compounded. Oh, true. Yeah. Oh, damn. I don't know. Random. Mm. Um, so, Rachel, do you think you have enough money for your age? I don't know. I am not very good at saving, if I'm honest. I'm very impulsive, and yeah. I love stuff, which is probably my... <laughs> biggest my bad habits like you listen to she's on the money as yeah. well right that podcast yeah and when they interview people they say like what's your worst money habit for me it's just i love treating myself yeah i love clothes i love makeup i love shoes i love going out for dinner so i feel like i would have more money if i didn't like those things so much yeah but i don't know brings me joy makes me happy i don't know but yeah, when I was at uni, I was particularly bad at spending. I would just buy anything. I had no idea about the purpose of money and kind of having a cash flow. I feel like I genuinely knew nothing. So do you feel like you've like learned more since then? Yeah, yeah. There was a couple things that kind of made me take money a bit more seriously. Definitely when I met my boyfriend, Tom, um, a couple of years ago, he... So me and him have quite different upbringings. And upbringing has such a big role to play mm. in money, I reckon. Like, I grew up in a very privileged household where money was never an issue. Mm. Like, I went to a private school, you, you know, the picture. Um, whereas Tom, he didn't have the same upbringing. Um, so he kind of had to teach himself a lot about money. Whereas I was, you know, sort of rich bitch, never had to. But then, yeah, he kind of showed me how he's like how he was always saving and about investing and about how it's really important to start investing young. 
So yes, I, I learned more from him about that. And then another thing that kind of changed my blase attitude towards money. I remember I was, I was, it was like a work thing. Oh, I was at a shoot for work and I made a joke to, I was with the coworkers, I was with who were older than me. I made a joke. I was like, oh, I'll never be able to buy a house. Ha ha. And they were like, oh no, you can. Like people can buy houses, <laughs> even though, I mean, they were older, so they had houses, but they were like, I remember one of the women I was with saying like, oh, have you read The Barefoot Investor? I was like, no, I hadn't because I didn't really care about money. It just seemed like this kind of nerdy, boring adult thing. But then she suggested that book and I read that and that really helped me take it a bit more seriously because even though I've always like worked and had a, I had a part-time job at uni, that was just kind of disposable income for me to spend on clothes. <laughs> so yeah, now I like actually have rent and groceries and bills and financial goals i have to have a bit of a system set up but yeah what about you do you think you have enough money ruby um i actually think i am well sorry maybe not am i was good at saving um up until i quit my full-time job and (laughs) became a freelancer oh yeah um yeah exactly so i think i was actually really good at saving but same as you i feel like i like my parents, like, didn't actually teach me anything about, like, saving, like, growing up. So, like, I feel like I only learned about saving and money stuff in the last couple of years. So, like, at the start of 2020, I feel, or, like, yeah, once we went into lockdown, I didn't have a job. So, I was on Centrelink. And that's actually, like, when I really started saving, which is, like, obviously weird because like, I didn't actually have a job. But it was, like, the first time where I was, like, looking at my money and being, like, okay, like, I'm going to save a certain chunk of this and then, like, I've got this amount of money for rent this week and this amount of money for bills and, like, things like that and started actually looking into it. And then I started listening to podcasts about money, specifically, like, She's on the Money. I found that a really good podcast. I have realised that I can't, like, same as you, I got the Barefoot Investor book. That was only, like, last year that I got that. And I just have never read it. I just can't learn things from reading books about them, which is really weird. Which is why I really <laughs> like the podcast, She's on the Money, because that really helped. But then I was also, like, doing my own research online and, like, seeing what, like, other people did. So, like, I think, like, on average people put, like, I think it's, like, 20 or 30% of their paycheck every week into savings. So I was like, okay, yeah. cool. Um, so I, like, feel like I really started saving in 2020. And I had, like, a goal for the year of, like, how much I wanted to save. And I reached that. And I was really proud of myself. I was like, oh, my God. I've, like, never saved money before. And I wasn't even saving for anything. I, I actually, no, that's a lie. I, like, during like during lockdown in 2020, I was like, I'm going to save up in my van. And so I was like, cool. I'm going to do that. And that's, like, and I was like, that's a three-year goal. I'm going to do that. But I also had, like, a number on, like, how much I wanted to save by the end of the year. And I reached that. And I was really proud of myself. And now I feel like I'm not saving for a van specifically anymore. But it was like, nice to have, like, something in mind that I was like, okay, I'm going to, like, save for that. Um, so I feel like that was my journey. And, like, I really, like, started, like, teaching myself things. Because, like, I never... Yeah, I feel like before that I was just living, like, paycheck to paycheck. Um, same as you. Like, my, I was really lucky. My parents were paying my rent um, while I was at uni, which was really nice. But aside from that, I was working a casual job and then paying for the rest of the stuff on my own. But I was really living, like, 
yeah, paycheck to paycheck with my money. And then I had like a bit of savings. And then uh, over the summer of 2019, 2020, I went overseas and literally like got down to my last $20 by the time we flew oh back God. into Australia. It was actually so bad. I was like, oh my God. Um, it was my birthday while I was overseas. And mom was like, what do you want? And I was like, I need money, please. And she like, <laughs> sent me a couple hundred bucks. I was like, thank you, mom. Um, because I was like, oh my God, I'm not gonna. Yeah, so the, I like really started 2020 off with like $0 in the bank. So that was not great. And then yeah, I reached this like savings goal by the end of the year, which was great. And then started 2021, I got my first full-time job. And so I was like really doing, like I was like, okay, I've never had like a, a weekly income of this amount before because I've only ever worked casual and like not that many hours and stuff. And I was like, all right, I'm working full-time. Let's like figure out what I'm going to do. So I started, um, like I, I did like automatic, what's it called, like automatic transfer. Yeah. So I set up a bunch of different like sub bank accounts within my bank accounts. I had my main one, which like connected to my card or whatever. And then I set up, set up a rent one and I transferred $200 a week into there. Like have it automatically set up to transfer the day after my pay came in. And then I had a emergency savings account. So I set that up and I was like, cool, I'm going to save. Um, I think I decided I was going to save like $1,000 into there. And so I was just like transferring like a weekly amount into there. And then I also had a, I think I... I can't remember if I called it all. I, I have a long-term and a short-term savings account now, but I don't really know. No, I don't really know the difference. So I have a short-term savings account, which is the one where like, if my main account runs out, I withdraw from that. Yeah. And then I have a high interest savings account. That's, that's my long, like my long-term investment, I mm. guess. So I have like a lot of sub bank accounts that like, yeah, I like kind of like added more and took some away. Like as I kind of learned about money or whatever. And then, yeah, I think, like, the automatic transfer thing every week was really good. So I was transferring, like, I think it was, yeah, 20% of my paycheck every week into my... Oh, I can't even remember how it worked. I was transferring some sort of amount of money into my short-term savings, some sort of amount of money into my high-interest savings account, and then some into my emergency savings account. And then my rent. So I was, like, taking that out, and then whatever was left in my, like, main bank account, I could just spend freely, which was kind of nice. Um, and then if I had any extra by the end of the week, I just transfer it into one of those accounts. So I feel like I like really taught myself about it. And then I actually feel like I got really good at saving. So I was like, just have, I just had that automatic transfer each week and it came out right after my paycheck. So it wasn't like, I was like, oh, I have all this money to spend. I was like, okay, this is the amount of money I have to spend, which was still like a decent amount each week, which was like good. So I didn't have to like, you know, like limit my spending or whatever, but obviously I did to some extent, (laughs) but yeah, I was like, still had like a bit of like money to do things that I wanted to do with because that's how I feel like I'm like I want to spend the money on things that like they bring me joy um but I also do like like saving but at the same time I also just like wasn't saving for anything in particular I was just like saving yeah it is hard I find that because I at the moment have no desire to buy a house yeah scary and also like houses are so expensive yeah so yeah it does feel kind of arbitrary because I'm the same as you like I have Actually, I think I only started doing this when I got a bit of a, a bit more senior at work and sort of had enough money to save because my first job I was on 50k, mm. which is like nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So after that, yeah, I transferred like a quarter into savings, but then I feel like nothing stops me just dipping in there if I'm paying for flights and I don't want to yeah. use my transaction account yeah. or paying off stuff with my car yeah or i don't know sometimes i do run out of my weekly money and i have to go into my savings and i don't really care yeah no same no i was the same that's like what that short-term savings was for because i was like well if i run out for the week then i just take some out of there and like i honestly like probably every fortnight i would do that 
because I'd be like mm. spending like I'd be buying like a big thing or whatever. Um, and that's the thing. Also, like I think like I don't really have like a savings goal per se, but I use that money normally like for like travel and like adventures and like weekend fun things basically. So I think that's like what my savings are kind of for at the moment is like having adventures, I guess. Because <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, same. I have no desire to buy a house anytime soon. I I'm not going to buy a car because obviously a car is a really big expense. Um, like I just yeah I'm like not there's nothing like big that I'm saving for so I'm just kind of like I think at the moment like I just wanted to like travel and have fun on weekends and that's what my money's for so I don't know that's yeah that's kind of like how I feel um what was I gonna say well I can jump in because I had a thought before well this is something that annoys me when you see like people acting like it's usually online because that's where so much of you know our media is at the moment yeah, like I'm 21 and bought a house. Oh, I'm. I'm 25 and I own 30 properties. Yeah, I'm me and my 23 year old partner are building a house from scratch. You have to consider that they lived at home and probably had no expenses, and they're probably also I forget, getting money from their parents. <laughs> yeah, but even just living in a like not think of how much of your weekly income goes towards rent. Mm and groceries and bills and furnishings and stuff that involves living in a house as the person who runs that house Mm. like I do find I get quite annoyed when people try to compare financial situations between people who live at home versus people who don't because for me the yeah I have less money than if I had lived with my parents but the benefits outweigh any financial gain yeah like i am a fully fledged adult i'm mature i can do things for myself like i have grown so much as a person i have independence and for me that is like priceless yeah 100 percent. like i understand like obviously like some people can live at home and they don't mind that and stuff but yeah i'm the same i just like couldn't but yeah people like that are definitely yeah very lucky 100 percent yeah yeah Um, it's not worth comparing it's like oh why don't you have a house at 25 well i have a wealth of experience at 25 that you don't have yeah that's how i feel about it i mean like it's fine like if that's what people want to do then like that's that's their choice or whatever but yeah um i yeah personally you're right like same it's like not worth it um but i guess like in terms of money it's really changed me in the last couple months because i've started like i quit my full-time job and i started freelancing and so it's really weird for me now because i am not doing the thing where I transfer weekly into my savings account because I don't have spare money to transfer into my savings account because at the moment my income is all over the place because I'm doing freelancing so it's like really weird for me now and the only thing that I'm transferring is from my savings account into my main account um, which is strange but also I'm trying to remind myself as well I made the decision to quit my full-time job and I knew that I had some savings there as a um, safety net for me in wanting to pursue this freelance thing and i am making a bit a little bit of money from the freelancing thing which is good and i'm also well done thank you <laughs> not heaps and i'm also doing hospital obviously to like keep paying the bills but it's way not as much as i um was making with a full-time job and obviously it's a bit more sporadic all over the place because my hours are different every week my freelance work is different every week um so it is it's really weird for me now because i 
I'm kind of like stressed that I'm not saving and then all I'm doing is withdrawing from my savings account. But I'm trying to remind myself to be like, no, I knew that this was going to happen. And also like, what's the point in having savings if you're not going to use it in times like this? Yeah. Where I'm like, I wanted that freedom to do some freelance. And so like, I'm like, okay, it's, I just have to be like, it's fine to spend my savings, you know? Like, I just have to remind myself of that. So that's been a bit weird for me that I haven't been saving at the moment. But like, I'm hoping that when my freelance picks up a bit, I'll be like, hopefully be able to save some money. But it is also weird because I also pay my own super and tax now. Yeah. It's also something to consider. So anyway, it's all a bit stressful. Um, so I feel like my money, like my attitude towards money has really changed because I keep being like, oh my God, I can't afford to do that thing this week. And I'm like, no, I can, but I'm just gonna have to use my savings, not the money that I made this week because I already spent that on my rent and bills. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit weird. Yeah, freelance work is interesting in that you pick, like, you work to earn money i haven't worded that right but if you need to make more money you work more yeah exactly yeah it's so different to a nine to five where you rock up yeah you could do shit all yeah and get paid the same as a day when you worked overtime exactly like you as a freelancer you are directly responsible for the amount of money you earn because if you pick up more projects you earn more money exactly but also in a lot of capacities it's out of my hands because i still have to like find well, clients the moment, time. Yeah. <laughs> but you know it's it's actually it's gone pretty good right now i found some new clients so that's exciting um but yeah it's just it is it's a new journey for me with money to be like okay not making that much but that's okay <laughs> for now <laughs> yeah i mean that's something in my future i would like to have enough maybe money built up or some situation where I could take off time to write a book. Yeah. Like, I'd love to do that. Oh, my God, you should. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's that's not something I'm actively working towards, but it's just I've always wanted to write a book, and now that I'm aware of money and how things work, like, maybe I could be in a situation where I have savings or some situation where I can only work on the book and not yeah. have to work yeah. nine to five because – yeah, it kills your creativity a bit. Yeah, 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 100%. <laughs> and your energy. You can go live in a cabin next to a lake somewhere, <laughs> like all the great authors. <laughs> oh, yeah, go <laughs> to, to write your writer's retreat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. All right, so we'll do some recommendations um, of the week in regards to the topic of money. Rach, you got any recommendations? Yeah, I mean, we've sort of already discussed what we recommend doing. True. Like you talked about having different sub-savers. Yeah. So, yeah, something I recommend doing, which really empowered me with money, and I think this is something a lot of people sort of our age can relate to, is your first bank account is usually set up by your parents. Like, my first bank account was Commonwealth Bank, because my parents were Commonwealth Bank. I found it really empowering to move my money to a different account. So I'm with Up at the moment, and I love Up. Like, and they don't invest in fossil fuels. <laughs> Woo! Hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> but Up is so good. Like the app is really user friendly. It just makes money more accessible and more down to earth. So yeah, really enjoy Up. And I also found it really empowering, not just using the bank account that my parents set me up. Yeah. It was like I made this decision. Yeah. So, yeah, I think if you are someone who doesn't feel particularly empowered with money, you feel like it's something that your parents have either just given you or kind of you're just doing what they're doing, go out on your own and give it a go. Like, you might find your way of doing things and feel really inspired by that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, what about you? I like that. Um, yeah, well, I guess my recommendations already were mentioned. Um, li- listening to She's on the Money podcast was so good. Uh, they released, like, three episodes a week. I... 
I honestly haven't listened in a while, but I feel like when I was on that journey of learning about it, I just went back through and like listened to the episodes that I thought I would be interested in and relevant to me. And so helpful, honestly. And their Facebook group, I love, yeah. I love reading people's money and wins and losses of the week. I love that. Like hearing what people like have done. So that's, would recommend joining the Facebook group and listening to that podcast. Really good. Um, yeah, I guess already once again mentioned just setting up like automatic transfer each week um, after you get paid into like separate savings accounts is good. Um, and also I invest a little bit of money as well and I use the apps Raise and Spaceship. Not sponsored. Lol. <laughs> I use Spaceship too. It's going terribly Spaceship at the is not good. Spaceship is doing so much worse than Raise because I have more money in Raise than Spaceship but Spaceship I've lost more money. Well, Spaceship is mainly tech stocks. Yeah. Fact. So yeah. Raise might be in yeah. something that's not tech. Yeah. I don't like know enough like to say. The ethical portfolio or something. But obviously the economy's not doing well right now and they say no. you have to leave money in an investment for seven years to see returns. So yeah. I just don't look at them. I just I just try not to open them and I'm just like that money technically isn't mine and if it earns money on itself that's great um but they're really user-friendly apps for like people like me who don't fucking understand investing at all i kind of do want to look more into like is are they called etfs efts i never yeah. know what are they called ethical fund transaction i don't know what the fuck this is for. that's where you own a bit of the fund yeah because i think spaceship is they pull together everyone's yeah. money I don't know. I, I don't want to say in case I'm yeah, wrong. Yeah, clearly we're like not good at the investing thing, but look into it. <laughs> Do your, your own research, yeah, please. Yeah, I was like, look into it yourself. <laughs> but those are the two apps that I found like really easy and user-friendly and also raise us roundup. So just automatically, I don't really put that much money into them anymore. Like I put like $10 a fortnight or something into them. It's not much at all, but raise does roundup. So just like if I buy $3.50 coffee, it'll take that extra 50 cents to round up to $4 and invest that 50 cents for me because it's connected to my bank account which is very handy. Nice. So I don't have to think about it and just invest some money, which is great. So I guess I am kind of saving some money because it does that automatically, but I always just forget about it. Yeah. I've also, I'm looking at our notes. Another thing I wrote as a recommendation to, if you feel like you don't have enough money, job hop. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you from get so, more. From personal experience? <laughs> yes. Well, that's like a fact though. No, like, it is. Yeah. Especially at the moment. Yeah. You're, you're more likely to get a pay rise going externally than internally yeah because so. companies are not giving job hop it out companies don't owe you shit Literally. so oh yeah God. look after yourself yeah. <laughs> yeah all right i think that's all our money recommendations um should we go into some general recommendations to distract you from your quarter life crisis rich yeah so what i recommend this week so i'm currently reading sorrow and bliss by meg mason oh my god i really want to read that as a good yeah, it's interesting. It's the main character's really unlikable, <laughs> like deliberately so. Yeah. So sometimes I enjoy a really messed up character protagonist. protagonist <laughs> that um, yeah, and it reminds me of oh, it, it's it's that kind of structure of books where it's sort of little snippets of the character's thoughts or some a funny like observation they have, and then they'll go into the past and those kind of like paragraph setups but yeah i'm enjoying it and you know it's sometimes hard to find good australian authors but this does kind of attest to i have a personal theory about australian authors is that the best australian authors are the ones who have international experience oh. which is unfortunate for australia but i think rest anyway. of women <laughs> like women are better authors <laughs> no like, yeah. but um cause, yeah because this book is set in london um and meg mason author has clearly lived in London. I think she did work as a journalist in London for a while. 
But if you think of like Hannah Kent who wrote Burial Rights as like international mm. experience, um, oh, what's it? Yeah, I don't know because Aussie books about like Aussie culture, like <laughs> Tim, like Tim Winton, that sort of thing. I hate them. <laughs> so yeah, it's an anti wreck. But um, yeah, the other thing I'd written down for recommendations is like I was watching the Emmys. And Ooh. that just made me want to, like, watch all those really good TV shows. So Succession, White Lotus, Severance, and The Dropout. Everyone's probably already seen them, but they are really good and really well written. Yeah. So, yeah, if you are one of the few people who haven't seen them, do it. <laughs> nice. Well, my recommendation for the week, um, I actually haven't finished it, but I'm, like, four episodes deep, is Heartbreak High on Netflix. So it's an Australian show, which we love, um, and it's based in, like, a Australian high school. Um, and it's just, like, it's like it's kind of like Australian sex education, which mm-hmm. I, like, didn't know was going to be like that when I first watched it. But um, it's really good. And, like, I love all the characters. And it's just, like, a good, you know, like, a, just a good high school drama, romance, comedy show. So I'm only four episodes in, but it's super good. And Danya stayed up, um, my housemate stayed up until 2 a.m. the night, finishing the whole season after I went to bed. <laughs> so I was like, must be good. So that would be my, my recommendation of the week. Did you know we went to college with one of the girls in it? What, who? Sherry Watson. I don't know her character's name, but she's Indigenous. And she is an actor in the show. Really? And she was at St. Mary's, yeah. No way. Yeah. Did not know that. Not after you left oh, in my second year. Yeah. She was the year below. Oh, okay. I probably don't know her then. Yeah. But Damn. yeah, there's a bit of a connection for you. Very cool. Yeah. She went to VCA and everything. Oh, cool. Yeah. Anyway, it's a very good cast. I really like it. Yeah. No, I, I do want to watch that as well, though. I think it's got a lot of Indigenous actors, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's so good. Um, Cool. Well, I think that's it for this week. Wrap it up there. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. We would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land of which we have recorded this podcast on today, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We want to pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging and acknowledge that this always was and it always will be Aboriginal land. Sovereignty was never ceded.